God's people on today's show, I'll be interviewing Terrica Williams, who was kind enough to pour out her heart and share an emotional story about how she endured a brain tumor and medically induced coma and how she's still impacted by that today. We also talk about her job in corporate America as well as how she grew up in church and what she'll be doing from here. Yes, you are going to laugh cry and sit back relax and enjoy the inspiration my wife thinks i'm crazy how did we get here i can't believe y'all let me have a show we going higher and higher let me inspire you guys people i see you let me admire you he gave you vision and purpose but you struggle to dream because the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes what was in them was denim i guess what's in them is in them there's a different perspective that i'm trying to present them it ain't always peace when you see the peace sign it don't make you a levite because you rock levi's what's up people i am your host jay will and i would like to welcome you to inspire God's people where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Don't let life happen to you, happen to life. All right, so I've probably said that quote on this show before. I'm sure I've at least mentioned it, but this is one of the things I live by. It's one of the things that got me through 2020 and all of the dynamics of 2020, right? Um, and every day, really. Because I know that it's, I'll say it this way. I want to be careful, right? Y'all know I try to articulate things in a way. It's not that I'm trying to be politically correct. I'm not a politically correct person. I just like to properly articulate. I like people to actually understand what I mean when I say something. Just in case you ever wonder, like, why does he always explain everything? So. I've noticed in my observations of human life that two people can go through the same circumstance and have very different responses to it. So you look at, some, you know, a lot of people, I grew up in the inner city. A lot of people grew up in the inner city. Some people, it forces them to be, you know, the best they could be. And some people, they just can't overcome and they, they fall to it and it sends them in a spiral. Now, that's just one example. There's a lot of things. There are some people who grow up wealthy and it makes it turn like people respond differently. You can have a kid that grows up wealthy, never saw their parents that much. They hate their parents. You can have another kid grow up wealthy and completely want to be their dad or their mom and model and run the business after them. That is very intriguing to me. So for me, what this quote represents is. I can't always control the elements of this life, right? And that's why I referenced 2020, because that was how people framed up 2020. Oh, what next? All these things, right? And so my thing was like, all right, I can't control things. It doesn't mean that things don't happen, right? It rains on the just as well as the unjust, right? So that means I'm a Christian. When it rains, I need an umbrella too. I need windshield wipers on my car. I can't go out like, nope, I'm a believer. I don't need no windshield wipers. God told me, yeah. Like, no, nah, bro, you're going to get into an accident if you don't turn your windshield wipers on because it rains on you too. Life happens to us all, right? I think that's a fact, right? This pandemic proves like it has happened to a lot of us, to all of us, rather. 
And so my thing is like, okay, do I want to sit back and be a person that says, you know, expects like 2021 to save the day? The calendar switch. Now I'm waiting on a year to bring me something. Or am I waking up and saying, I'm about to happen to this year? What am I saying? So many people set back in 2020. And don't get me wrong, life happened. I told you that. It happened. You went through things. We like it, it was tough for a lot of people. But what really determines who you are is how you happen to life. So I didn't come into 2021 waiting for the year to be better than me. COVID is still here. There's a lot of things still going on. Politics is, I don't, y'all know I'm not even talking about that. I don't even want to talk about that. But you know what? I can control how I happen to life. 2021 needs to be worried about the new version of you that's about to happen to it. Because in 2020, for a lot of people, they was getting beat up. And it wasn't all about what 2020 was doing. At least some level of it was about what you were doing to 2020. And so, listen, I want you to happen to life. And I want you to understand that we have to wake up and literally plan and be purposeful and say, you know what, Lord? I want to become the person you created me to be. Y'all are going to hear me say this almost every week. Do you want to become who you were created to be? Now, as we talking about, you know, the pandemic and all the things that happened, I do want to talk a little bit about COVID. And I haven't talked about it really at all. Um, maybe since the beginning when I talked about how the branding of stuff and how the, the mind control of marketing, y'all know how I feel about things. I do want to just talk to you about this. Don't allow this pandemic to take away your humanity. Now, this is a conversation I've been having with some friends today, um, but I also, you know, had already, I made voice notes in my phone to talk about this today. Um, I almost was just going to share the voice notes, and I may do that moving forward sometimes, share my raw thoughts, like while I'm having them and just thinking them out loud, but today I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you some things I've, I've observed, right? And keep in mind, again, let me set the expectation for what I'm articulate or attempting to articulate. I'm not talking about the science of COVID right now and if it's real and where it came from and who did it. No conspiracies, none of that. I'm only talking about what I've observed about this situation. So one of the things I've observed is that there's been a lot of psychological challenges for people. And I think maybe, you know, you may find yourself trying to ignore the impact, but I'm telling you, you have to guard your mind because what's different about COVID is that we've been conditioned to view people as the disease, right? So it's the first time in my life, personally, I'm speaking from a personal standpoint and again, just making an observation. This is the first time in my life that even if you're not sick, I'm I'm being conditioned to actually treat and act as if you're sick. Again, I'm not, I'm not dealing with the why or whether you should or shouldn't. Everyone has their opinions. I'm only dealing with the fact that that is the case. It is factual that we are being conditioned to view people 
whether they are sick or not as the disease, right? We have to assume you have it, right? We have to distance ourselves from you, put on a mask, don't touch you. Uh, There's all these places we can't go. Now, I think I might have mentioned this last week on on the line with Toya. It's very interesting because it's different based on where you live, right? So as I'm just logically thinking through this, I'm like, wow, this is just an interesting thing. Where you live determines what you can do. The cases are spiking. The cases are up, down. Again, cases for me is a very interesting observation. We, in the beginning, it seemed to be more of a focus about the impact and people actually being sick and dying, right? Which is understandable. It's interesting when you look at cases to me and you make all your decisions based off cases because a case doesn't tell me anything about the severity or like whatever, right? So it's like cases up, cases down, right? I'm just telling you what all of this has done to us psychologically, okay? Again, I'm not debating with you or whatever. I don't even want to debate about should we look at this, how we should. I'm only telling you what I'm observing. All of those things have mixed up in a gumbo, included with the politics, right? Politics has played a huge part of this. The media has played a huge part. Um, you can go here, but you can't go here. You can eat at a restaurant. Oh, in this state. Oh, but at this one, you got to eat outside. It's like, all right, so if you're outside, it lessens your chances. If Like, there's all these things that we're forced to think through that are very challenging things to think through. And I'm telling you, as I've tried to write them out, think through them, they don't all calculate and lead to the same thing. A plus B doesn't always equal C when we're talking about COVID. The, the conclusions we jump to don't always make sense to me personally. But what I do know is this. It has created an environment where we view each other like as a sickness. And here's all I want to tell you. I hope and pray that when this is over, right, that you don't adopt these behaviors. Because they say it only takes 21 days to create a habit, right? These are other things that we are familiar with. 21 days to to create a habit. We've been going through this for 10 months now. So for 10 months, you've conditioned yourself to stay away from people. I can't see you. I can't go here. It's like a sin to go around people. And the challenge with that in the long term is as human beings without the human touch and relationship, who are we? What is life without the people that you love, right? And so I'm not saying any of that to tell you to do anything or disobey anything, whatever that, you know, that's not what I'm getting into. What I'm getting at is the importance of humanity. I'm just, I'll tell you for myself, that's probably been the most challenging thing before COVID. You know, my lifestyle was traveling um, for business, you know, every week, every other week, one day I'm here, the next day I'm there. Um, I had just taken a national job right before COVID. Um, hit. So I was going to, you know, go from regional travel to traveling across the U.S. and was really excited about the work I was going to be doing. I'm still in a national role, actually a different role now. Um, actually, I actually got another. I was promoted um, right before Christmas, actually. Um, I don't think I mentioned that on the show. So thank God for that. Um, and so now I'm in a, a, a senior sales manager role for a national team. Um, and so I'm kind of leading a team that I was on uh, before. And you know what's crazy? I've never met my team in person. One person we met 
a couple years ago um, at an event in Chicago, but I had no idea this person would be on my team. I've never met these people in person. I, I've been on Zoom calls for the last 10 months. Every day I'm on seven to 10 Zoom calls back to back, just hours of my day. No human interaction, right? Other than obviously my wife and family. But what I'm saying is that, what does that do to a person? These are things that I'm very conscious of personally. I am. I observe myself. I try to be very aware. Where am I weak? Where do I need to grow? Where am I vulnerable? And I view this as a space, a blind spot that I have to be aware of. And, and, and I view it as something I can talk, a, a place where I could be vulnerable and not know it. I'm like, Jermaine, you spent 10 months because I work so much. You spent 10 months mostly like on Zoom calls. I don't even know how tall people are. You can't tell on Zoom, like, it's people pregnant. I ain't, people going out on maternity leave. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you was pregnant. What's my point? I'm only saying that, and I'm using myself as an example, so I'm not pointing a finger at anyone. I have to be careful not to allow this to be habits because I know I'm a person that needs human touch and interaction, right? So I do um, spend time with my immediate family. I, I'm not being literal. When I say I haven't been around people, but through the work week, for instance, and for the most part, like I, because like I'm not going to get into all that. What I'm saying is ultimately my my lifestyle is a lot different post COVID than pre COVID and pre COVID. I would be in this state, in that state, at the office some days, work at home. Others, I was on the move, meeting with clients, doing business pre presentations in person. Now, all of that has turned into this digital lifestyle. And I suspect that so many of us have adopted new behaviors that were out that will outlive the pandemic and I just don't want us to be vulnerable enough to think that other people are the disease. Like look at other people that way. We got to be careful as human beings not to lose that humanity because then we become cold like a robot. We just become digital faces and, and things to each other. So I'm going to stop that there. Um, you know, like I said, I hadn't talked a lot about COVID. If I'm being honest, I'm just not interested in all of the debating for no reason. I'm not trying to be right. I'm just being, one of the things I want to do is be a little more transparent from a personal level on this show this year, as we're peeling back layers. If you're a new listener, I really encourage you to go and listen to all the other episodes so you can understand who I am. And start at episode one and like learn about my process and who are we as Inspire Guys people and what our purpose is. Um, and that may help you, right? Because I told you, I'm not going to have a whole lot of time for a bunch of disclaimers this year. I'm asking you to trust and look at my track record when I talk about things like this. Before you get offended, um, even if I'm challenging you or disagreeing or challenging something you um, believe, you know, take it out of love and I'm a human being. I could be right. I could be wrong. But um, I think these things are worth talking about. So I would love to hear your perspective on that. Hit me up at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Let me know what you think and how are you coping with all of this? And are you okay? Do you need prayer? Um, I want to be mindful of that as well. And, you know, to the people in my life that I haven't seen, you know, because, of, you know, the other thing is everybody's so different. You got to respect. It's a lot, right? I'm just being real. It's a whole lot to mentally digest. And I consider myself a pretty even uh, level-headed person. But there's a lot of things to consider. I've been trying to respect what everybody is on while making what I believe are the right decisions for myself. 
Um, but I also understand we've been going through this a, lo a long time and some people are probably under a lot of pressure. So what I want to say to you is be encouraged and keep the faith and make sure that you are keeping the Lord and biblical principles at the source of your information, regardless of what the information is. It needs to be filtered through a biblical lens. So we got a dope interview today that's going to take place. Um, what, do I have any show announcements? Let's see what y'all don't know. There's a lot to talk about. So similar to last week, these first few weeks, just understand I took a month off for the first time in two years. So I'm like bottled up information and thoughts right now. Um, and it's all, it, it all wants to come out just in one episode. So I'm going to stop there. Uh, we're doing some amazing things with this show this year. Um, and I just like, oh man, I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you to everyone who has donated to the show through the PayPal link, um, you know, on the website you know, or on the, um, through the email blast, I, I add the PayPal link. Uh, it's really just Jermaine Wilson music at yahoo.com, which is different than the other email. I use both of those emails, but the Yahoo one is the PayPal donation link. And I could tell you this before we move on. Um, the donations that I had received that people were freely given again, donations here are not accepted, but they are accepted, not expected, but accepted. Um, and they go towards the show. Like I work, you know, I, I don't, I'm not looking to like fund a vacation or something like that. But if you believe in the show, that's cool. Cause I have put a lot of time, money, effort into this show, um, over the last couple of years. And I make sure any donations I get go towards the show. So right now we are working with um, a uh, design agency, uh, Baby Giant. I believe they're in the, Baby Giant. They're in the U UK. I'm excited to work with them. And I could tell you that about 30% um, of the budget was covered by donations. So we're going through a brand vision redevelopment. This means um, a bunch of new logo for the show captured from the color, the mood. Like um, we're going through a whole brand redevelopment. Um, professionally, um, you know, so this was a pretty expensive process. I won't use the word expensive um, because I think it's, it's worth what I'm, you know, paying for it, but it was a, a real investment. And I believe it's important to invest in yourself on this path to purpose. Um, and so I've tried to do that myself. So let's stop there with the announcements because I don't want to ramble on. I'll give you all bits and pieces of new information every week. This week, you learn that we're going through a brand uh, vision development, like with baby giant is going to be crazy. And, um, the designer, the head designer, I believe is James Martin that I'm working with. Sorry if I got the last name wrong. I think it's Martin off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm excited to get that process started. And, uh, yeah, man, we have an amazing guest today. You're going to like this interview. Like I promise you are. And, um, I'm honored to be able to interview people and, and they come on this show and, and get, uh, very vulnerable and transparent with their stories, uh, with the purpose of inspiring you and guiding you to your purpose. Take these stories and understand that this is someone's life that's being shared to help you become closer to the person you were created to be. And that is our 100% goal here at Inspire God's People is to um, guide you to your purpose. So be creative, find purpose. Be inspired. Be inspired. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gon' talk to 
you Maybe on the phone or possibly in person Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose Now we're fixed Haley. You know, that's my daughter's name. So now it's not about me anymore. So I had to learn to be selfless at a young age. You know, but growing up, now in retrospect, like, I am a selfless adult now. But it was hard growing up because I believe that every child, every young person goes through their stage where they're selfish. It's all about me. If it ain't about me, I don't care about it. You know, those kind of things. And I feel like that's kind of healthy to not try to think so much about other people or consider other people so much when you kind of can be free to say, hey, I want to do this because I love this. And you know Not what, because Terry? I necessarily have to. <laughs> and, and you know what? Um, I'm so happy that you just talked about um, God's grace um, the way you did because I'm going to need a little bit of grace. I, <laughs> I, I just... Look down and we started this intro and I just started recording a minute ago. And I'm going to tell you something. This is staying in the show because I like my audience to hear and see mistakes that I make um, because <laughs> I too am human. And I am in my mind like, oh, Lord, I hope we can. We only, All right. So look, listeners, we only been in the show for about two minutes. But when I tell you. She just said some of the most powerful stuff in the world in these two minutes. And I do not know if this girl can recreate that or not. But Terika, <laughs> I am begging you uh, for us to start from the top because I need your grace. She talked about grace, y'all. And it, it was like it had to be God because I looked down and I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm in the studio and did everything, set up everything, all the channels and didn't hit record. So um, thank God that we caught it. Number one, <laughs> this is Terika Williams. and. Um, you know, I really started off and just saying, you know, we follow each other on Instagram. Um, her name is at incomplete masterpiece. Um, and so far this, this, uh, interview is looking like it may be an incomplete masterpiece from that standpoint, um, because I messed up, but, um, you know, we, I asked Terrica who she was and, and if we could start really from who you were, um, again, uh, and I'm sorry, we, we made it all the way up until where I just cut you off. So you're going to have to find a way to say all that stuff again, if you can, um, but um, just tell us who you were growing up um, and anything you want to share about yourself, you know, your, your reputation, what you were known for, and just how you became the person you were today. Okay, yeah. So, uh, like you said, I am Terrica Williams. Um, I currently reside in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, but I was born and raised in a small town of Peoria, Illinois. I know a lot of people may not know what that is or where that is, but it's a little few hours outside of Chicago. Uh, growing up, um, I was, you know, I grew up in a very strict Christian household. Um, I grew up uh, Pentecostal, apostolic, um, where, you know, it was the the rules were very, very um, solid, where no makeup, no pants, uh, no talking to boys, no dating, no movies, you know, things like that. So growing up in high school, middle school, high school, uh, I remember they used to call me a uh, Virgin Mary. Uh, they used to do the all hell Terrica when I walked back through the in the hallways, those kind of things. Um, but it wasn't until I got to high school, I think uh, maybe like 10th grade or so, where I became a little rebellious. Um, I, I just kind of got tired of feeling like I was stuck in a box. So I was like, you know, 
Um, but I, I still kept the values of my 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 Christendom. <laughs> Let me say that mm-hmm. because in high school I was a uh, team to peace president. Um, I was a peer mediator. Um, I did um, so many other things. I did the. Um, I was an editor for the school newspaper. I wrote for the Teen Appeal. I got awards for the Commercial Appeal, where I wrote an article about the epidemic of AIDS and HIV in the Black community. Uh, those kind of things. I was very involved um, in my community. Um, so I wanted to go to school. Uh, maybe I was 18, wanted to go to school. I'm super excited about to graduate. Also, I wanted to become an attorney. So uh, at 18, I actually was an intern for an attorney. Um, I was able to do a mock trial. Went to Texas, stayed for like a week. We did a mock trial. We actually won the mock trial, which was very, very exciting. Um, So, but then I came back to um, reality, I guess, when my bubble was burst where I was told that Christian people could not be attorneys. Wow. Right. Dream killer. (laughs) Trust. I know. Right. So I was like, what? Why? Like, because allegedly attorneys have to lie and those kind of things. And God is not about politics. um, Those kind of things. So upon that, that was a real dream killer. And that created uh, a different side of Terica that I didn't even know existed. So now I began to really rebel against everything that my church said, everything that my parents said. And at the age of 20, um, I gave birth um, to my one and only child, Haley. Now she's 14 now, fast forward. Yes, I am going through the teenage years. Pray for me, please. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, having a, a, a daughter at a young age, you know, it was very frowned upon because uh, according to, you know, how we as Christians operate, you know better. God is not pleased with that. And he's not, of course he's not, because he's not, he, he doesn't glorify sin in any shape, form, or fashion. However, I am so glad that we serve a God that is merciful and graceful, because if He, if it wasn't for his mercy and his grace, we would all be consumed. And I'm not a Amen. real big person on one, one sin is a bit than the other way. This, this, I'm not really big on that, but I just know that if he said, if you confess your sins with your mouth, that he is just to forgive us, Amen. you know, and that doesn't and that doesn't mean that I ask for forgiveness. I consistently do the same thing over and over, because if we're realistic, you know, if someone wants to do that to us. We would say, hold on, wait a minute. I don't think you're truly sorry. You know, right, so right. being mindful of I'm not going to abuse God's grace because he is graceful. You know, I'm, I'm not going to take advantage of his mercy because he's merciful. You know, I'm going to because my love for him and when you love somebody, it causes you to operate differently. So if I know that what I have done has hurt him, you know, I just want this message to be, you know, for everybody who may be, you know, experiencing this. I know it's hard, you know, trying to live for God in this present world, you know, because everything is telling you that's not cool anymore. You know, you get everybody's right. woke now. You know, everybody right. woke. You know? <laughs> right, so, right. you know, I guess everybody was sleeping at first, but everybody's woke <laughs> now. So now, right. you know, this this living for God and trying to please him and those kind of things, that's not cool anymore. You yeah. know, so you have so many things pulling at you. But I just want to just be a light and a testimony that God is still real and he's still a forgiving God. You know, there's still time for you to come, to confess, to repent, to seek him now, 
you know why it's still daytime you know so um that's powerful that's just a little bit a little bit about who i am where i came from no i i love that you you know you said a lot of great things and, and thank you for um finding a way to muster up the energy to 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 have two <laughs> uh dope intros i appreciate it um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, you said a couple things I want to I want to kind of think through, like, number one, thank you for kind of sharing, you know, your experience with your daughter. And I think so many people, we struggle with how to process um, the difference between God's standard and his principles and his grace and mercy. And, you know, I like the way you said it, because I'm the type of person that wants people to understand that, yes, like, you know, I. Um, I believe in the Bible and sin, and I don't want to ever like be condoning a sin in a mindset to like continue to do it. However, to your point, as believers, man, it's, we got to learn how to balance it because we can push so many people away because we start exactly. treating people like they are, you know, just their life is all hope is over because they made a mistake. So I love that you said like, hey, my daughter in hindsight, is the best thing that ever happened to me. However, I do understand I was living in sin at the time. I don't condone that. But through God's grace, his mercy, and his goodness, guess what? There's still a purpose and a plan for your daughter. And, and the reason that hits home so much for me is, like, my mother had me um, when she was 20 years old as well. And she was not married as well, right? <laughs> and so... Oh, wow. um, you know, I am the product, you know, I look at, you know, in this story, I would be in the role of your daughter, right? The child of a 20 year old um, young mother um, who whose life in a lot of ways has to now become about her child. And she gives okay. up so much. And I, I, I want to just say thank you to my mother for making that sacrifice. Cause Terika, yes, thank you, mom. These days, I don't know. <laughs> I get worried and concerned that parents, you know, they are not seeing the importance of like, yo, this is the result of what happens when you make that choice. But thank you for sharing that. Number one. Um, and, and also like, definitely. yeah, like properly breaking it down. Cause I think as believers, we have to think through it that way. Um, you, you talked about like the whole, your career path of like, wanting to be an attorney, being told that you couldn't do that. So where did you, just from a career standpoint, right? Cause we talk a lot about this on this show about faith and business. Like what, where did you end up going? Like what path did you end up taking that for a career path since you couldn't become an attorney? You know, well, okay. not, you know, since you were told you couldn't be, be a, an right. attorney. Right. Right. So, yeah. So basically I actually went to school to get uh, a degree in psychology. Uh, and I and I minored in uh, journalism. So I currently work uh, full time. <laughs> well, really, I don't even work in my field anymore, but I currently work in human resources. But I work for a company initially um, that uh, talks about and deals with um, mental illness with our youth. So mental illness is very, very important to me. Um, so just studying psychology working for this agency um, that really, really is on the forefront of trying to uh, help our youth uh, with um, a lot of issues. I think for me, like in the black community, we don't really talk about mental illness. You know, we just say, pray about it. Mm -hmm. Jesus gonna fix it. And yes, he is gonna fix it. However, he has put people and things in place for us so that we can utilize these things. I mean, it's like, it's just like saying, hey, 
I, I'm sick, I'm, I'm bleeding out of my arm, but I'm not going to go to the hospital because I think I just believe that God is going right. to do it. He also gives us people in place, you know, for us to use. Let's not be so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good, you know. So yeah. um, they just kind of, so now, like I, I do that. And I'm also, I'm in the process of going um, through a class where I am getting uh, my coaching license. Um, so I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff and I also have an online boutique is dominiquelachey.com. And what I'm doing with that is I'm trying to show that you can be sophisticated and sexy. Why as women do we have to choose? I don't want to choose. I don't want to have to say, well, if I want to be, you know, sexy, I have to be so naked, right? you know, or, or if I'm sophisticated, I have to look like a grandma. You know, mm-hmm. why, why, why can't we, you know, mesh those two things together? So that's exactly where I am right now. As far as is my career path, I'm trying to, and since I work in corporate America, my Dominique Lachey is really helping me to understand this. I would say I work in human resources. So seeing people who come to interviews and orientation and those kind of things to see what the women are wearing, you know, Hey, that's not acceptable. Why did you choose to wear this? Yeah. Or why did you choose, you know, just kind of, so I'm actually able to see firsthand exactly what's being, you know, worn with, you know, with our, our women. So, and it's helping me get a better understanding. Cause I actually, sometimes I ask them, you know, why did you decide to wear that? Why did you wear short pants to an interview? You know, those kind of questions, you know, so just trying to see the mindset. Cause I understand that times have changed. Right. Things that once weren't acceptable are now acceptable. You know, so and then try not to be one of those people that I didn't like, those judgmental Christians that always got something to say about something. You yeah. want to, you know, because I just believe that if you're going to tell me a problem, please offer me solution. Yeah, that you know what? I'm I'm really, really big on that. Like, you know, you got to have a solution and it has to be something that goes beyond just you judging me or whatever. And I think that's exactly. an important thing. but. Um, so, uh, all right, you said something real curious, like I'm curious about to, to dive into just a little more this whole how to dress at an interview. Now, I'm going to stay away from the whole like, like, you know, how a woman should dress like, yeah, I'm out of that. I have no experience. Like, I'm just I'm just the guy. Um, so so I'm gonna let you be the expert there. But I do like the fact that what you're trying to do and what you're talking about, right, is like, you know, number one, I could see where, like, you know, where you've come from, you've been told so much what you couldn't do. You couldn't be in an, attor- an attorney and things like that. And now you like it sounds like what you're doing is actually um, when you go when I go beyond the surface and actually hear what you're saying, you're actually seeming like you're trying to help people find that balance between like, hey, I want to look nice. But, yo, like, you got to be professional with it. You got to, you know, looking nice shouldn't just mean you're going to just come in here half naked and, like, especially as a believer. So I like what you're doing there. Um, But I want to tell you a a little story about myself. Okay. All right. So I was graduating college and, you know, I started interviewing corporate roles. Um, I was working in banking at the time, interviewing at the headquarters. Um, and then I ended up, you know, um, actually for the company I work for now. Um, but I started my interview process and there was like, you know, in college, there's all these career fairs and stuff. So let me fast forward. There was like 500 people. Maybe I made it to the top 20 and I'm this kid like, you know, really 
first generation college graduate, you know, out of the hood, the inner city of Detroit, like still a little rough around the edges at the time, right? I had on, um, don't judge me, okay? Please don't, please don't judge me. So I had on this gray suit with like a purple shirt and this purple and gray tie. I basically was dressed like I was going to church or prom, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know any better. And this, this gentleman, I won't say his name, but I actually remember his name. He was from Minnesota. I don't know why he was in Michigan during the interviewing. But, you know, I had to go through six interviews in one day, like with different people. Oh, wow. And he told me, he was like, hey, I, I want to do you a favor. You know, he, he told me just like, you know, look, as a, as a young black dude, I, I want to do you a favor and, and give you some advice. And this was after the interview. He said, this is a very competitive role. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at the room. He was like, look at the rest of these guys. They got on blue suits, white shirt, like they're mm-hmm. clean. Mm-hmm. He was like, you clean, but you, but you look like you're going to church, bro. <laughs> and, and as gut-wrenching as that was, like, we, everybody needs that. Because guess what? Definitely. I did not get that job, Terrica. Oh, but wow. Because of your suit. <laughs> no, it, you know what? I don't know. Because <laughs> of the suit. <laughs> you know what? They rolled them off. No. Look, I don't know what role the suit played. I thought I did good. But when you're in a competitive situation, in all honesty, exactly. it might have came down to something as simple as, like, my man can't tell the difference between church and work. But ultimately, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> ultimately, the blessing was three months later, he contacted me because he asked me if he could keep my information. He was like, look, I like you. And he must have known like this. This suit is going to mess my man up. Like he not getting this job. Right. <laughs> he going right. <laughs> but um, that was in April. And in August, he contacted me and had a job opportunity for me. And that was three days before I graduated college. Oh, wow. Honestly, like people are judged. Before you open your mouth, people have already summed you up based on what you're wearing, how you look, the color you're wearing. So for women, the color of your nails, the color of your hair, your lipstick choice, for men, the color of your shoes, like you have already been summed up. So before you open your mouth, we have already, corporate America has already put you in a category. Me, like I was coming like right out of the hood and I didn't know about culture, uh, corporate culture. And exactly. one of the things I will say is that, you know, we live in such a sensitive society now that it's mm-hmm. hard to address things because when you say something like that, people are so quick to be offended before they can exactly. be helped. Uh, we may have to come <laughs> back on and talk about some HR related stuff because I'm very intrigued. Um, by your experience and, and what you may think um, diving deeper into that topic. Oh, definitely, definitely. I just I just think that, you know, some, sometimes I think that in, in our culture, we always say, I'm not changing for nobody. Nobody's going to make me change. Yep. It's, really, it's really not about changing. It's about adapting, you know, and, and sometimes you need to be able to adapt. To me, that is, that is a very, very strong characteristic of a leader. You know, because yeah. I, I know, because sometimes, you know, people always say you have to meet people where they are. And that is very true. That's what, in every area of your life, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at church, whether I'm at home, in a park, in a store, I still have to be conscious of I need to meet people where they are. So I can't go to my director or the CEO of the company. Hey, yo, what's up? How you living? <laughs> you know, like, oh, wow. You know, like, OK, 
I don't know. What What do you mean how I'm living? You know, like, you know, you mean where do I live? You know, those kind of things. So, you know, like you have to be conscious of, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm trying to, oh, you're trying to hide your blackness or you're trying to, no, that just means that I know how to adapt. And when you are adaptable, you are more valuable. Yeah. You know, because, hey, now I can send you to a meeting and I know that you know how to conduct the meeting accordingly. Look, you know. That, that so, is... You know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's just, you know, because sometimes we, we try to hold on to our blackness so much that we, you know, sometimes we, we cut off opportunities that could potentially help those black people behind us or those black people around us because now when you put yourself in a position... Yes, I know how to, you know, I can talk with the homeboys, but I know how to, when I be, you know, coming to a meeting, I also know that I can't say Maine a whole bunch of times, you know, yeah. those kind of things. And what that does, that opens the door for so many other people. And I think sometimes we get so caught up and be so selfish that I'm not changing for nobody. But what about your children? What about your nieces and your nephews, your cousins? You know, what about those people that may not ever have this opportunity that you have right now presently? You have the opportunity to create something for them. You know, so I just think like being conscious of that, you know, being conscious of when you are when you are granted opportunity. Um, But I do want to talk about, um, you know, some of your story. And and like I said, I had heard you talk um on your instagram page um at incomplete masterpiece and you were talking um it looked like you were on a news interview um and you started sharing your story and and i'm i just i'd like you to to share whatever you do or you know whatever you're comfortable with sharing however you like to talk about it um i do want to start with a quote that i that i grabbed from that post um something you said that stuck out for me uh for me and i'm paraphrasing you know you said i haven't gotten used um to the eye uh being closed the millions of questions the stares but i have gotten used to the intimate relationship i'm building with god i thought that was pretty amazing um but if you could kind of share you know your story and um and you know talk about it and and uh and kind of let people know you know what you deal with how you deal with it and and how you're continuing to remain inspired because what really stuck out to me was that you in the midst of having this um, challenging uh, situation that you're dealing with, um, you're still moving forward in life, professionally, in an entrepreneurial sense. And for me, that is super inspiring. So, you know, let's talk about your story. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna try not to get all emotional and stuff, but uh, yeah, so. It's okay. Yeah, so basically, like I, I had just started uh, my new job in my in my career that I'm in now, and basically I was like having like extreme like bad migraines. So that was like November 2017. That is when I started having migraines, and I'm like, oh my god! Like you know, so I went to see a neurologist. I went through all these different tests, and they was like, yeah, you just you know you suffer from chronic migraines. They prescribed me all this medicine and things like that, but it was to the point where like I was nauseous, like. I was sensitive to sight, sound, movement, everything would just make me like super, super sick. So I remember it was December um, 27th. It was a couple of days after Christmas and I was in my mom's house and I just felt like extremely like nauseous and stuff. And I passed out 
uh, they took me to the emergency room and I think they sedated me or something because when I woke up, I saw the doctor, he came in and he was so casual and he said, hi, Miss Williams, you know, yeah, I just wanted you to know we did a, uh, a CAT scan and yeah, you have a tumor in your brain. And he just kind of started to walk out. Hold up. Wait a minute. Wow. Oh, sir. Come back, sir. Sir, sir. Yes. <laughs> we need you to come back. You know, and he said, yeah, he said, yeah, we found a mass on your brain and we're going to, you know, need you to go and see a neurologist. And, you know, there might need to be surgery. And what? Oh, my God, this could not be happening to me. So on December 30th, 2017, I actually had a procedure done where they wanted to see how long did I could last without oxygen to my brain. So they stuck a tube from my leg up to my brain. And I think they said I lasted maybe like six minutes or something like that before I started to lose consciousness. So they were like, well, we can't do that procedure. And I'll never forget um, the doctor who was going to do it. He said because of where the tumor is sitting, he was like it was too risky for him so he offered another doctor and that doctor madison michael whom i love uh, i just think thank that doctor dr arthur was his name that he didn't try to do it if he if he felt any kind of you know drawback or hey i'm not sure about this so i am so grateful that i was able to experience a doctor who didn't wasn't ego driven yeah. and saying hey i'm going to go in here and try to do this even though i possibly think i can't you know so but Dr. Madison Michael performed my surgery um, February 18th, 2016. And uh, no, it's 2018. Yeah. So and I come up on my, my brain. I call it my brain anniversary. But um, yeah, so it was a tumor. It was it was benign because they wanted to test to make sure that it wasn't cancerous. Thank God it was not cancerous. It was a benign tumor. Um, but um, they went in. The tumor sits on a, a a nerve that controls my eyelid to open and close, and that controls my eyeball to move. So I still have an eye. People often ask me, like, "Who's your eye gone?" Because my eye is closed. But no, I still have an eye. It's just the eyelid is closed. So um, when I when I went through the procedure and everything like that, when I woke up, they put me in a medically induced coma. I would sleep for maybe like um, three to five days or something like that. When I woke up, I got pneumonia. So, yeah, so they were like, oh, my God, this is bad. I was rushed to ICU, you know, all these kind of things like this. But when I woke up, they were like, yeah, she's not going to be able to talk anymore. She's not going to be able to do this anymore. Like, I had to learn how to walk, talk, drive, right? And and let this be a reminder. I have a daughter. I'm a single parent, you know? So what do you mean I can't drive? What do you mean I can't walk? What do you mean, you know? But through all that, I say, but God, you know, but God. So, and then I had to have, um, I think it was like in May, I had what's called gamma knife radiation. So what they did was they went in the room. So they weren't able to remove the complete tumor. They removed half of it to test and make sure it was non-cancerous. It wasn't. So the rest of the tumor still sits in my brain. The radiation was done to help freeze the tumor. So Mm. allegedly the tumor isn't supposed to move, grow, anything like that. I still suffer migraines sometimes. 
sometimes they're unbearable. Sometimes, you know, it's like a, oh, that hurt, but I'm still moving, you know. Um, so through all that, my biggest concern was, okay, so Dr. Michael, what about my, why is my eye like this? And his thing was, you know, yeah, it's going to heal. You know, it's going to take some time. You know, nerve damage could take years to heal and all things like that. And I think I said on my first news interview, uh, you know, that I had become content, you know, to just be, you know, that was that was me saying, God, whatever you're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, I'm content with that. And I think it was last year, one night I was laying in bed and I was sleeping and I just woke up and I was crying so bad. I was crying so hysterically. And God spoke to me. It's clear. It's just like you hear me talking. Mm-hmm. He asked me, he said, if your eye never opens, are you okay with that? Wow. And I had to say, no, God, I'm not. Like, why Why would you do this to me, God? Like, that's exactly what I started to think. Like, God, like, I'm not this strong. Like, I, I can't take this, you know, because, I mean, whether we want to accept it or not, like, we live in a very, like, judgmental, superficial, superficial. type world. Yes, where everything is about how you look, how you dress, how your hair looks, what your nails look, what your body looks like, your skin, your eye all these things matter. So for me to understand, you know, like, really, God? Like, this is the conversation I'm having with him. Like, so this is how you're going to do me, God? Like, this is how you're going to do me, really? You know, like, and I'm like, I'm, I went through the list of, like, God, I don't do this. I don't drink. drink I don't smoke. I don't curse. I don't club. I'm going through the whole list of everything that I don't do. And, like, he spoke again and said, Terrica, why is everything about you? Ooh, out. Mm, <laughs> you know, so that that brought me back to tears Oof. because I'm like, here I am talking about people being selfish, but my whole thing that I'm going through is I'm saying, because it's about me. People going to look at me, God. People going to judge me. People going to think I'm not pretty no more, God. Like everything that I was complaining about, but because of me, you know, and God had to help me change my perspective, but I'm so thankful that God still allows me to be human. So I want to tell each and every person, it's okay to question and ask why. It's okay to be sad about your circumstances. It's okay to be distraught. Because he said, whatever state you in, he's there. He's there in your valley. He's there on your mountain. If you're on your way to the top, he's there too. So I think like it helped when I talk about my interrelationship with God, like if I was never down, I wouldn't know him to be a friend. I wouldn't know him to be that. If I was never sick, I would not have known him to be a healer. I, like I said, I grew up in church, so I always heard the old people say, the Lord is a healer. He's a keeper. He's a provider. He's a friend. But it wasn't until I had to experience that for myself. Nobody can tell me that God is not a friend now. Nobody can. T- I didn't, as a young person, I didn't understand. I didn't know that God cared about how I feel. But God cares about your feelings. Mm-hmm. He cares about when you're sad. He cares about when you're scared, when you're uncertain. He cares about that. That's why he's saying, all that ways acknowledge me and I share the record path. And it was, a, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that I like to have stuff in order. I like to control stuff. I like to, you know, okay, this time I'm going to do this, this is going to happen. And 
Well, God, I feel like what well, he had to show us, you don't run nothing, sweetheart. Sit down, baby girl. Sit down, because you don't run nothing. You know, because with this eye situation, the only thing I can do is trust him. I wish I could make it open. I wish I could go in and magically do something, but I can't. At this point, my hands are tied. My hands are tied behind my back with something that I can't even figure out how to get out of. But Man. he has really shown me that really, no matter how big or small it is, you really don't run anything. Everything happens because he's allowed. And what he does, he gives us the strength and the wisdom on how to operate in whatever situation he allows. You know, so it, 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 and what it taught me is that it's not always about me. You know, so now I think about how my situation affected my daughter. You know, she, she always, she said this last week, Mom, sometimes I forget you had brain, a brain surgery because you don't act like it. And I always say, but God, Jesus, because there's no strength of my own. It's, it's not because I'm so great. It's not because I'm so, I'm so wonderful. I do everything right. I'm so perfect. But it's because of his grace and his mercy that I am not consumed. And yes, I still cry some. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I cry because I'm like, God, okay, today the day is going to open. Then nope, it ain't open. <laughs> so mom's like, okay, okay. You know, when I, cause I have to go see my neurologist once a year now to make sure the tumor hasn't moved, it hasn't grown anything like that. You know, and Dr. Michael, he's always like, you, he always takes pictures of me with his phone. He's like, the fact that you had brain surgery and I, he said, other than your eye and your scar on your head, I would never known if you didn't tell me. He's like, because how I've seen other people respond to brain surgery, you're able to do like so many things that really technically you're not supposed to be able to do. But I serve a God who does the impossible. Do you hear me? Amen. He will leave your enemies with their mouth open because they're trying to figure out how she come back from that? How did she survive? It's, it's not because of me, but it is all because of him. You know, and I remember when they put me in the American this coma and uh, on the surgery day, and I was like, what if I don't wake up? You know, like, yeah. oh, Lord, I'm just starting to think, like, what if this was this was this? And God gave me a quote that I, I try to live by every single day, and it is die with memories, not dreams. That is my yeah. favorite, favorite quote because, I mean, we don't know what – I went to the doctor for a headache, not a, 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 a brain tumor, not brain surgery. I didn't go to the doctor for that. I probably wouldn't have went if, they if I would have known that anyway. But <laughs> I didn't go for that, <laughs> you know, so the fact that – we never know when our last day truly is going to be. That kind of helps me to put in perspective so many things. Like, I feel like it changed me as a person. Yeah. It changed me as a believer, changed me as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend. It changed my sister. She's like, oh, my God, Terrick is so emotional. She cries about everything. She changed everything. It's just all, all moments to her. Like, because now, like, I appreciate the small things. That, you know, those things that we take for granted, oh, I'll, I'll talk to them tomorrow, I'll do this tomorrow. Now I understand that, no, say what you need to say. Yeah, you Do what do you need now. to do. because Yes, because if you keep putting it off, it might never come. 
you know, yeah. and, 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 and yeah. That that first of all, just thank you for like um sharing it in such a um a raw and transparent way, you know, because that's something you know, when I had people on this show and I told you this, you know, off the air, right? One one of the things that I'm so humbled by is the way the Lord uses um the people who come on this show to open up about something that to many people can just be a topic, right? Or, or a discussion, right. but it's your life. That, that's what I'm always yeah. like in awe of and every person that comes on this show. I, I like, I leave the interviews in chills because I'm like, this is their life. And this quote, die with memories, not dreams. Um, look, I feel you. Like that, that just, <laughs> that struck a chord with me. And what hearing you yeah. talk, what it makes me think about is that you, when you understand the fragility of life, you yeah. live with the greater yeah. passion. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. one of the issues oh, with people is that they don't realize how fragile life is. Yeah. So they not living like it's worth what it's worth. It's like, when you know, exactly. it's like, all right, I've never driven a Bentley personally, right? Now, I have had like a little uh, a old school Monte Carlo back in the day. I had an 88 Monte <laughs> Carlo and the, the driver's door didn't open. And you know what? When I get to the railroad potholes, I don't really stop in that. It's like, yo, this joint worth $1,500. I'm going to just live it up in this right. Monte Carlo, right? Exactly. Then exactly. You, you get a little older, you start getting nicer cars. You start having a, a higher uh, car note or a payment, whatever it may be, higher insurance, right? And then you mm-hmm. start understanding the value of that car. You start being like, well, yes. you know what? Are we not? Tires on that cost too much money for me to just hit a exactly. pothole. And so I think exactly. to that point, when you, when you start realizing how valuable your life is, yes. you can value. no longer sit back and not live it. It's like, no, die with memories, not dreams. And, and so I, I want to hear more of what that means specifically to you. I'm telling I'll tell you that what I got from it was that, you know, living in my purpose creates memories like, okay, conversations Mm -hmm. like this. We've never talked before a day in our life. And I will remember this interview like I remember a lot of the interviews that I have people with on on this show talking about their story. So what, what just happened is that our purpose came together to create a memorable moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And now this is not something that I I, I don't have to say, oh, man, I was following that girl on Instagram and I meant to reach out to her. Exactly. Exactly. I was going. No, what I did was when I saw that news clip, I DM'd you and I I told you Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and we went from there and we scheduled something a few weeks later. So die with memories, not dreams. If you can just because I think there's something for people to hear there. Um, because you're dealing with, with something where you, you, you said something, you said, all I could do is trust God in this situation. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so when a person for anybody out there who feels like they don't know what to do. And so they're about to give up because they are legitimately going through a tough situation, just like you did legitimately going through a tough situation. How do you get to the point where you can live out this quote? When, and we talking about going from a coma, being told that you weren't going to be able to walk, talk, drive and all those things. Like, how did this quote specifically drive you to overcoming those things? 
Yeah, so um, when, when I think of and why I adopted Die With Memories, Not Dreams uh, for my life quote is because like when you think about memories, and I'm not just talking about like um, those big things. Like I remember, you know, being contacted by the news. I remember walking into the studio. Like those are memories that I will forever, forever, you know, be with me. But I also, when I talk about die with memories, I re- I remember um, my friends coming to the hospital. You know, like I remember people, you know, sending me cards. And I remember people making sure that my daughter have has food. And what I what really what that means to me is that people are gonna remember you. How they remember you is so important. It's more important than anything. So when I say die with memories, I mean allow what Whatever it is that you desire, first and foremost, believe that dreams can come true. I am I am a firm believer that if I trust God, he's going to make it happen. First, I need to align myself with the word of God and he's going to manifest. He's going to put people in your path. He's going to do all these different things to make whatever your dream is come true. And I know so many times. When I say die with memories, not dreams, all those things. How many times have we heard or seen people or known people where it's like, man, I wish I would have. I wish I could. I'm too old now. Back in my younger days, I should have did this. Why not now? If I just believe if God has given you a vision, if it's yours, he's going to equip you to fulfill that. He is going to give you everything that you need in order to make that happen, to manifest it. So I, I, I truly just want people to understand that when I say that with memories, is that let this be a legacy for your children. You know, and I think about when I say this, I think about big corporations, Johnson & Johnson, Kleenex, Fruit Roll-Up, the people who, this was an ideal for them. <laughs> That's yeah. all it was. Yeah, all it was what was a dream. Every you know that that's a that's a dope <laughs> point. When I used to drive down the street, um, when I was a little younger, I used to look at all the signs, right? So everything from a gas station to the mall, mm-hmm. I looked at yeah. all the signs, and I would say those are all the ideas that someone had. There is actually dr- nothing, was- nothing exists that wasn't an nothing. idea. So it's First. like where you that's live. all it was. Yeah, like. <laughs> It's like from the style of house that you have, you know, because you go to, right. you know, I like cell phone. Exactly. <laughs> this was someone's idea. And so, right. um, you you know what? Like, so, all right, I, I want to ask you something else, right? Because you talked about how you were told you weren't going to be able to walk and talk and things like that. I'm assuming that there was some work that you had to do um, through rehabilitation of some sort, physical therapy, mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I'm just curious about that process because um number one, I love the fact that you have a life quote. I have several. Like I if the Lord give me a quote, I create some a quote. It's yeah. like I, I just kind of live by him. <laughs> I love quotes. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the one of the quotes yeah. I live by, um, which I'm actually gonna talk more in depth about on on this episode, um, is happen to life, don't let life happen to you. And I think mm-hmm. you're an example of that. 
because we can't control mm-hmm. what everything that comes our way in life. You said it. All you can right. do in this situation is trust God. But you can happen to a situation, too. So, like, when, when exactly. you got in that situation and were told, you know, like you said, you thinking about your daughter. I'm curious what gave you the drive, what inspired you to rehabilitate? Like, what was that process and, and how did you mentally and spiritually and emotionally see your way through um, getting back to yourself to the point where even your doctor is looking like, man, I, taking pictures like, you know what? I wouldn't know you <laughs> right. had brain surgery other than these couple things. So talk about that, please. Yeah, I think like for me, honestly, the the one most important thing that um, kind of motivated me and gave me the strength that I didn't know I had was I truly believed that I had not fulfilled everything God has desired of me, you know, and, and, and to me, it was burdensome because I'm like, God, you have compelled me to do so many things and I haven't done it. You know, and I'm like, God, if you give me a second chance, like I'm going full throttle, you know, like point me in the right direction and I'm taking off, you know. So like for me, it was the fact that I feel as though I had not fulfilled everything. Because, you know, sometimes God demands us and he commands us to do certain things, you know, to go in a different direction that we like. Yeah, I don't know about that, you know. So yep. um, for for me. That's what it was like, God, if you grant me an opportunity, you know, to recover, then I know I must be about my father's business. And with fashion, like that's it's always been one of my things. But I know, you know, people know me as the Virgin Mary girl that I was wore skirts. And he's like, I want you to change the direction of fashion. I'm like, God, I don't have that kind of a type of influence to even do that, you know, but it's like he consistently puts things and people in my path to say, I didn't ask you, you know, what you came for your influence. I didn't, I just told you to be obedient, you know? So for me, it was just the fact that, okay, God has commanded me to do some things and he has granted me time. Oh man, I don't know. People don't understand what it means to have when God gives you time and opportunity and space to be able to fulfill. Cause you know what? He could have chose somebody else. Come on y'all. Yeah. He could have, he could have said, Terry, okay, you didn't do it on to the next one. Let me get somebody else who's more obedient, who's willing, you know, but the fact that he gave me time, he granted me time. Oh man. Yeah. That right there, that is sacred. That'll preach right there. Cause yeah. that, that's, <laughs> it's, 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 that, 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 that will preach. Cause there's something about what, yeah, you know, and for me, like that's what, and that's what I, I continuously to try to, you know, live each and every day. Okay, God, even if it's for me just to speak kind words to somebody, you know, even if it's to me, even though a lot of people don't naturally like talk to me or like ask me questions, but when I see people out, oh my God, you're the girl I saw on the news. Oh my God, your story inspired me. Something. I'm like, okay, God. Okay, God, you know, I, I see, you know, why you put me in a position where I can continuously tell my story. Because sometimes I feel like, man, people are tired of hearing this. Like, it's about to be four years. We're going to need you to talk about something else. But each and every time I tell my story, I get a different revelation. You know, it's, it's, it's something else that God reveals. Because each year I experience God in a different way. Yeah. You know, so just being able to fulfill 
his calling for me is is so 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 fulfilling. Now don't get it twisted. Doing God's work is not is not easy because you're going to be rejected. You're going to be misunderstood. You might even be talked about. So is he. You know, so just being mindful of that, I'm going to stand no matter what. I'm not going to compromise Dominique Lachey Well, I'm going to start doing uh, club clothes. Right. I can't. If I, if I don't sell a piece, of, a piece of clothes, I'm not going to compromise. You know, and that's something I'm trying to teach my daughter. You don't follow the crowd. You don't bend so you can blend. We don't do that. You know, we stand. We don't compromise on certain things. Certain things that I can compromise. Certain things, that's no go for me. Yeah, you know. So just being on the no that that's and that right there, right? Those are the principles that any of us in you know as Christian entrepreneurs and business professionals, we need to be adopting that like that. Don't be in the blend, like you know, like it's right. not really about your purpose. And this is what's amazing. Sometimes I think sometimes we think that we have to be famous in order to be influential and impactful. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I just am not a person that believes that. And I'm going to tell you, like, the number one re reason I, I know you don't have to be famous to be influential is because growing up in the hood, most people got into trouble because one of their cousins or their classmates was doing something. And that cousin and classmate wasn't famous. The person that introduced people to drinking and smoking and clubbing, a lot of times we can blame the celebrities, um, which they just continue to perpetuate it. But a lot of times the person who introduced you to something wrong was somebody mm -hmm. that nobody really knows, some unknown exactly. person. And so you don't Most have definitely. to be you don't have to be famous to be impactful and influential. And by having this mentality of, you know, not bending to blend, even if God allows you or, or purposes you to be famous or well known or whatever, by keeping his principles you'll be able to handle it. Some people can't handle, you know, sure three, 300 Instagram followers and they <laughs> right. want to be famous. It's like, wait a minute, you lost your mind when you got, you know, exactly. a, a hundred likes. Ex so, yes, definitely, um, definitely. But no, th look, this has been um, amazing, Terika. I thank you again, you know, just for sharing so much of your story. Um, and, and I feel like, man, I'm like, man, I got, I got a little more out then I bargained for because we was going to talk about your story, but you dropped so many gems and nuggets um, that could be used across, you know, all areas of our lives. So I thank you for that. I do want to give you the last word uh, before we get out of here. And, um, you know, just, you know, I would like you to answer one last question as you do that, like as you kind of like getting us out of here is like, you know, if you could tell us what inspires you, you know, as you think about continuing to move forward from this point, like you said, it, it, it's been four years, but there's still so much, so many people that God is still going to allow you to impact um, with your testimony and your story. So, like, I'm just curious what inspires you from this point? We know what got you here, but from this point on, what is inspiring you to move forward in 2021 and beyond? And then whatever other last words you want to share with our listeners and uh, make sure people know how to get in touch with you and things like that. Yeah, so um, today, presently, you know, what really, really inspires me is that I am so certain that God is not done with me. I, I truly believe that this is not a period, but it's a comma. You know, this is a to be continued thing for me. And um, just understanding 
you know, the God is a God of a com- completion. He doesn't have, he doesn't have do anything, you know. So until God has completed everything that he has spoke to me, everything that he has has really grained in my heart and my mind that he's going to be able to do for me, I know it's not over. And I know that he is not a man that he should lie. I know that he's not slack concerning his promises, whatever he does, whatever he say he's going to do, you can believe it's going to be done. And, and for me, I know that eventually God is going to overflow Dominique Lachey. He's going to, because sometimes I talk about, you know, my story. And I, so when I talk, talk about my story, I'm just Terrica, you know. So and I know he's going to overflow Terrica, you know. So as of today, like that is just what is really, really um, giving me the faith, the strength, and the courage to push forward is to know that I don't have a period on my life. There's a comma right here. Yes, this is a, a interesting and a very stressful, traumatic event. However, it's not over until it's over. Um, you guys can reach me. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Terrica Williams, uh, Instagram, Incomplete Masterpiece, because God is not finished with me yet. I am a masterpiece. I am just still in the making. Uh, my website is DominiqueLachey.com. Um, I am open to to do different talks and things like that about the situation, about something differently. And I just want to say thank you for this opportunity to even share my story. You know, thank you for using your platform to to show that God is still God, even in 2021. He's still a provider. He's still a friend. You know, he's 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 still a way maker. You know, uh, so I just want I just want to say that I really really appreciate you and I. Just pray that God would just overflow, overflow that every need that you have, that he would surely continue to bless you and your family. Um, and I just want to tell everybody to die with memories, not dreams. Amen to that. Thank you so much. That's Terrica Williams, y'all. Check her out at DominiqueLachey.com. You can find all of her information in the description link of today's show. So her website, her Instagram, all of those things you're looking to know how to spell something. And again, people, die with memories, not dreams. Yeah, thank you for listening to today's show. Now go and tell everybody that you may know. We serving inspiration like it's on the menu. We trying to guide you to the person that you meant to be inspired. You can learn it and become that. Ain't afraid to hit rock bottom because we from that. I mean, we got flaws, but we ain't stopped yet because we ain't ours. I mean, we ain't yours. We ain't from here, child of God. We got flaws, but we ain't from here cause we ain't y'alls I mean, we ain't ours, we ain't stopped yet, child of God I mean, uh, yeah I ain't from here, bro, yo, uh, uh, uh I ain't from here, bro, uh, yeah I ain't from here, sis, no, uh, uh, uh I ain't from here, sis